Hello, I'm Sven Erstring. Welcome to Let God Speak. How important are promises in your life? Are they like bubbles that still captivate the child within us, yet pop so easily and are gone? Or are they really important in your life? Do promises bring you hope for the present and the future? On our panel today, we have Leah Hodge. Thank you for coming and joining us. And also Pastor Adrian Craig. It's so good to have you back on Let God Speak. I'd like to invite you to pray with us as we dive into God's word today. Father in heaven, we just want to acknowledge that so often in life, we we don't know who to trust. We don't know who to turn to. And yet there is a message a message of hope, a message of promise that can change our lives. And Father, I just want to pray that as we journey into your word today, as we learn more about your, your promises that have come down to us over thousands of years, I pray that it would warm our hearts. It would give us joy. It would bring us hope. Today is my promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One day... Abraham Lincoln was traveling by stagecoach with an army colonel. After a few miles, the colonel took a bottle of whiskey out of his pocket and said, Mr. Lincoln, won't you take a drink with me? Mr. Lincoln replied, no, colonel, thank you. I've never drunk whiskey. A while later, the gentleman from Kentucky reached into his pocket again and pulled out two cigars. He said, now, Mr. Lincoln, if you won't take a drink with me, Won't you take a smoke with me? Mr. Lincoln replied, Now, Colonel, you are such a fine, agreeable man to travel with. Maybe I ought to take a smoke with you. But before I do so, let me tell you a little story, an experience I had as a small boy. Lincoln continued, My mother called me to her bed one day when I was just nine years old. She was sick, very sick. And she said to me, Abby, The doctor tells me I'm not going to get well. I want you to promise me before I go that you will never use whiskey or tobacco as long as you live. I promised my mother I never would. Up to this hour, Colonel, I've kept that promise. Now you would advise me uh, to break that promise to my dear mother and take a smoke with you, would you? The colonel put his hand gently on Mr. Lincoln's shoulder and said with a voice trembling with emotion, No, Mr. Lincoln, I wouldn't have you do it for the entire world. It is one of the best promises you've made. I would give a thousand dollars today if I'd made my promise like that and had kept it as you have done. You know, it's really amazing and inspiring the the ability and the commitment that Abraham Lincoln had to keep his promise to his mother. It was in some ways just a small promise, uh, but with big, big consequences. But not only is Abraham Lincoln's example incredibly inspiring, it's also when we turn to the, to the person of God. 
You know, and I guess the question that we have today is, you know, when we look at God's promises and his commitment to keeping promises, what do we find? What do we see there? And, and Adrian, just wanted to ask you, what does the, the Apostle Paul say about God keeping his promises? Well, Paul was very confident in God's ability to keep his promises. And maybe we should read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to, uh, verses 18 to 20. That's what Paul has to say here. I'm quoting. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not a yes and a no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen has spoken by us to the glory of God. So what Paul is saying here is that um, he's defending himself and he's saying that we are faithful to our word just like God is faithful to his word. It's Mm. not a yes and a no God. Yes, that's incredible, Adrian. And you know, that's so, so impressive that God would keep his promises. And what we're going to do today is we're going to go back all the way through history to the very beginning of time uh, for our world and explore these promises. It's going to be an exciting journey. So, so Leah, I just wanted to um, take, ask you to take us to that very point. What is the very first promise that God makes about Jesus to us in the Bible? Well, the very first promise is found in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. So let's go there, Genesis 3.15. And it's the promise that God makes to Adam and Eve just after they had brought sin into this world. So it says, Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Mm -hmm. And here um, the promise is made that through her seed, through Eve's seed, that we will have a savior of the world. Mm. Amazing promise. It is, it is. You know, just imagine that, that you had brought sin in the world. You know, one of us had brought sin into the world. You know, how much darkness and disappointment and, and despair. And yet this promise was like a glimmer of hope mm. uh, to them. And what we're going to do is we're going to go from that point that you took us to, uh, Leah, and we're going to zoom through um, history 2,000 years into the future to the very person of Abram. So this, this person who lived in the, the era of the Chaldees, first of all. And I guess the question, Adrian, just to start us off here today with, with Abram is, what promise or what was one of the key promises that God made to Abram? Uh, I'll read the promise uh, Sven, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. And it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a, or Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Mm, amazing. So but the question, though, that comes out here, Leo, is what did God mean when he said and promised, I'm your shield? What what did God mean by that? Yes, when I think about a shield, I think it's something that's used to protect something else. So God is here saying to Abraham that I'm going to be your protector um, spiritually and also in a very personal sense. And he says particularly, fear not. Mm, Mm. Yes. So, So Adrian, uh, Leah raised this very important point. So, so God has promised to be this shield and, and God is saying, you don't need to be afraid, fear not. What was Abram afraid of? 
Well, it's interesting you could ask that question because if you go back to the previous chapter, he's just had victory in some conflict. Yes. And so why does he need to be told again to not to fear? Because he'd obviously seen that God was able to handle the situation prior in Cause, chapter 14. Because Abram was a brave person. You know, yeah. he, could, he could go into battle. He, he wasn't afraid. Well, there's something in this particular point. Well, so maybe this is an indication of the frailty of humanity. You have mm. one victory, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be in tr- uh, fearful when the next temptation or trouble comes along. Yes, yes. So maybe... Maybe he needed to do a little bit of reflection. Yes. You know, don't we say that um, we have nothing to fear for the future except we forget the past? Yes. So Abraham's forgetting what's happened. Yes. And God has to remind him again that I, there's no need to fear. Yes, yes. And it's interesting that in, in verse 3 of, of Genesis chapter 15, um, we find an indication of one of the reasons why Abram was personally afraid And it says this, And Abram said, Behold, you've given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And so what he says is, I'm I'm childless. Don't have any any children at all. And I guess the question is, why was this a problem? I mean, so many young people these days, you know, um, want to travel the world. You know, um, children are a bit of a, um, a burden. Why would have Abram been so concerned that he didn't have a child there? So, yeah, it goes with the culture, right? So it's very different than it was um, back then to now. So now in modern culture, it's all about romance mm. and it's about finding that person that, that, that will love you and that, that you can find to, to love yourself. Yes. Um, that, that's the main kind of burden on people's hearts these days. But back then it wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was about, you know, having children, having offspring so your legacy could, could continue. Yes. So Abraham here is childless and so he has this fear of this, this weighing on his mind about, you know, my future, my posterity. Mm, mm. And um, um, what, about, what about even today? Does the, the emotional challenge of not having children ever, does that come into play in people's lives? I, I think it's still there, Sven. Mm. There's no question about it. And, and God understands the pain and the, the concern that people have yes. in uh, not having children. Yes. So there's a... Lots of things they do today to make sure that there is some offspring. Yes, yeah. So in many ways, many many ways, uh, what um, what Abram is thinking in his mind is he's effectively thinking, you know, I'm like a ancestral dead end. You know, my whole family line finishes with me, um, which is an incredible, incredible uh, thought. And so now, when we come to this promise that God made. Uh, to, to Abram, that I'm your shield. You don't need to be afraid. We can, we can get a window into uh, to why he said that. God is saying, I am going to protect you from the public shame that comes from being childless. I'm going to be your solution. I'm going to be the one who brings you the answer. So this is, this is incredible that God actually promises Abram uh, that he will have, have a son. And where, where did that promise come into it, Leah? Where, where did the promise of having a child? Yeah, so basically God gave not just one promise, but a few promises. Yes. Um, the first part of the promise is found in um, Genesis chapter 12, and it's about promising the land of Canaan to him. So let's read that. Genesis 12 verse 7, and it says, 
Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Mm. And so it was a promise of land. And there was also another part to the promise. And that was that his descendants would be as like many as the stars of the sky, which is quite amazing. And we can read that in uh, Genesis. Let's go to 13, um, chapter 13, verse 16. And it says... And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Mm. And that's comparing, you know, his descendants to the dust. But then he also compares it to the stars in Genesis 15, verse 5. If you want to go there as well. And he said, this is God bringing Abraham out, sighed. And he said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. If you think about it, these are incredible promises to someone who doesn't have a child yet. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that's the thought that's running through my mind. Yeah. Imagine being led outside. You don't have a child and you look up at the stars and, and somebody, God says to you, your children, your descendants are going to be like the stars. It's absolutely incredible. But it goes deeper, doesn't it, Adrian? Well, it's interesting too, Sven, that um, he gets all these promises, but he still gives in to the suggestion to his wife that you better help God out. Yeah, engineering God. the solution. Yeah, mm. yeah. But, but immediately after this wonderful promise in chapter 15 of Genesis, verse 6, we have this very famous statement where it says, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him for righteousness. Mm. Mm. And the word believe there is actually in the Hebrew, the word amen, from which we get amen from. Wow. So this is the real truth. Yes. This is the God who provides the solution to your dilemma. It will come to pass. It will. It will come to pass. And I guess the question that is on our minds is, is this. These are massive promises these are incredible promises that God made to this, this man, this childless man. And the question that we want to ask is this, why would God make such big promises to this man, Abraham? What was the reason uh, for, uh, for that? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that, Adrian? Why, why did God uh, make these promises to Abraham? Well, God was very serious about the redemption program. Mm. And through uh, Abraham's line, there was going to be born the Messiah. Yes. So uh, that's, that's, that's the key thing in, in God's mind. Yes. He, he's thinking about saving the whole world, blessing yeah. the whole world, yeah. Yeah. which is really in- incredible. And um, um, how did God achieve that? This is the question that we need to ask. The, we, you know, we've got the big vision, but, but we, we're interested in how God actually did it. Well, if you, um, Paul actually, if we go to the New Testament, Paul actually opens this up to us, this promise being fulfilled in a particular person. Mm. So if you go to Galatians 3, um, we're going to read there um, in verse 29. So I'll just get that up in my Bible here. So Galatians 3 and verse 29. And it says, And if you are Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Mm. So we have here in Christ fulfilling the promise of being the person who's going to um, save us from our sins and bring righteousness into the world. And if we are his, we are his seed, then we are Abraham's seed. And we're going to receive all the promises that Abraham receives. Yes. Then that's an incredible idea that these incredible promises of blessing, of hope, they, they funnel them um, all the way down through Jesus and they come to us. We can be recipients, direct recipients of, of this promise. It, it's really, uh, really amazing to, to think about it. And I guess the, um, the question, Adrian, is this. Uh, God made this promise to, to Abraham. He said, all the families of the world will be blessed uh, through, through Jesus, uh, through Abraham's seed. What, what, does, that, what does that mean in a, in a realistic kind of way? How can we be blessed? Oh, we could take a long time on this, Ben. Mm. <laughs> We're dealing with the dilemma that we are in in this world. Yes. And so the solution to the dilemma of the trouble, the perplexity is found in the cross of Jesus. Yes, yes. You know, we, when we look at the world in which we live right now, we, we look at the, you know, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. We, we look at the social, political unrest, you know, the, the natural calamities um, that occur around the world. Uh, we we recognise that we live in a broken, a, a world that, that is falling apart. And the interesting thing is, is this, is that this is not just an observation for us in the 21st century. In fact, there was a very famous African church leader Augustine, and he made uh, the observation in his City of God, and I'm just going to summarize it. But what he said is this, is that the life that we are living is, is so full of evils and, and problems that it shouldn't even be called a life. You know, and he, he talks about, you know, adulteries and, and lies and, and thefts and, 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 you know, the, the, the errors that we, we experience in life, the griefs that we, we um, have to face. And the amazing thing is this, is that a person who is living in, in 300, 400 AD, that, that he would actually uh, label, he would write down a description which sounds so much like our life here today in terms of our society, in terms of our world. It reminds me of another statement written by the 19th century Christian author Alan White. She wrote this, Sin had become a science and vice was consecrated as part of religion. Rebellion had struck its roots deep into the, the heart. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing description both by an African theologian um, hundreds of years ago and also a, a Christian writer very recently. But the question I have for us today is this. Why would we expect any different? You know, if, if survival of the fittest is the way that life arose here, why, why would we expect anything different at all? Why would we hunger for something more? What's your thoughts, Leah? Good questions. Uh, it's good to stop and think about those. C.S. Lewis actually made an observation. Uh, here's a quote in the book Mere Christianity, which says, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such thing as water. If I find in myself a desire which no one, no one experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. 
And I think, you know, Solomon says that he has put, God has put eternity in our hearts, which, which tells me that we are for another world. We're for the mm. eternal world that God originally created us to be in. Yeah, we, we are hungering for something better. Mm. And it actually points us to that reality that that promise can be can be fulfilled as well. And so what we want to dive into um, today as well, Adrian, is this, is that all of these uh, promises are like supernatural signs, um, uh, spiritual signs pointing us to another world. So Adrian, could you take us to some of the promises that describe or, or show us what this world is like? Uh, we probably need a long time on this one. <laughs> It's a, it's a great topic to focus on. Uh, we can think of such uh, verses as Isaiah 25, verse 8, which talks about death being swallowed up. I mean, we have to acknowledge that that is an enemy for all of us. Yes. And the wonderful thing is that the gospel that uh, we're talking about uh, offers the death of death through the death of Jesus. Yes. Uh, we also go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9, um, reminding us that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things that God has in store for us. Mm. I can only imagine mm. the song. song. Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, we'll have to imagine long if we want to be able to understand what the kingdom of heaven is all like. Yes. And I should go to Revelation 21, which talks about the ultimate prize. Revelation 21, verses 10 and 11. And it says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like a very precious jewel, etc. And also in the next chapter, Revelation 22, another promise, verses 3 to 5. Revelation 22, it says, if I can get the verse, no longer will there be any more curse. Praise the Lord. Mm. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They shall see his face and his name shall be written in their foreheads. And there'll be no more night, no need of a lamp or the light of the sun. And if you go back um, to the start of the chapter, I think it refers to the fact that there'll be no more curse. Mm. Takes us right back to what Leah said. Yes. Curse came in Genesis 3.15. Now we're going to a kingdom where there's no more curse. Yes. A kingdom that even the best imagination can't imagine. Yes. Yeah. So God is saying, I am promising. I promise that I'm going to, to build this world and build this home. And you're going to absolutely love it. And so here we come to the very practical question of, you know, there's all these promises in the Bible of, of this amazing world, you know, world where there's no more pain and suffering, as you um, alluded to, Adrian. But the question is, how can we be there? How, how can we actually get there? Um, so, Leah, what's, what's your thoughts? What's some of the practical steps we can take? That question is the question that we should all take to heart. Like, mm. how can we be in this world that was the original world? And yes. it's something that we should spend time thinking about. And um, the good thing is that Abraham was given these promises. And if we follow Abraham's example, we too then can receive them. Now, in Romans 4, verse 3, it says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So 
here we have the promises made to Abraham. What was his responsibility? To believe God's word. Mm. That's our responsibility to believe God will do exactly what he said he would do. We need to trust in him. And um, the, the Bible also takes us on this journey through this, this trust, this faith and the promises well in the book of Hebrews. Can you take us on that journey as well, Adrian? Uh, Hebrews, yes. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, notice first of all, verse 8. This is talking about Abraham. And Abraham is referred to many times in the New Testament. It he, is. after Moses, is referred to something like 71 times. And many of the books of the New Testament refer to to uh, Moses. And here we have, uh, uh, sorry, to Abraham. And here we have him referred to in chapter 11, verse 8, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going, is the faith, is the faith journey. Yes. Verse 10, he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Sounds amazing. Yeah, so can we say that while Abraham was uh, focused on the earth, his inheritance and his children, but he also had a higher view. And so he's looking yes. for a city whose builder and maker is God, just not mm. something in Cana. Mm. All right. And didn't Jesus say the same thing about him? In John chapter 8, he said, um, uh, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he yes. saw it. Yes. How did he see it? By faith. Okay, and one final verse, verse 12 of chapter 11, it says, And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. Mm, mm. So this is the man of faith. That's absolutely right. And you know, when we have faith, when we have trust, we can become children of promise as, as well. And so that, that's really powerful. Thank you so much, Leah and, and Adrian. What we want to do is we want to know, is God giving us a personal promise today? Is, is there a personal promise in the <coughs> Bible for us right at this moment today? Your thoughts, Leah? Yes, there is. I truly believe so. Let's go to Hebrews 13 verse 5. It's a beautiful promise. And it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm. Wonderful um, promise to have in these last days. Yes. Mm. And any promise that comes to mind for you, um, Pastor Adrian? Uh, go to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, and three occasions this uh, same thought is repeated, but I'm noticing verse 7. Behold, I'm coming soon to take you to this kingdom mm. where there'll be no more death. Yes. There'll be no more sorrow or crying. The lamb and the lion will be together yes. and we can wing our tireless flight to worlds afar, unfettered yes. by mortality. We won't need Qantas. Yes. We won't need Emirates. We won't need masks. Or we won't need seat belts and pressurized cabins. Mm. You know, that, that's, that's really amazing. You know, God's promises... They're, they're windows of hope in a world darkened by sin. They're the rock-solid Word of God, which we can cling onto in the storms of life. And the reality is this, is that when you look at the story of Abraham, he realized that. He discovered the window of hope, the, 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 the light that comes from God's Word. 
And what he did in that instant, even though he was human, even though he recognized uh, that he had frailties, he wasn't quite sure. There was uncertainties. He put his faith in God's promises and he was blessed by it. And we can be today, we can become children of the promise together with with Abraham. We are glad you joined with us today on Let God Speak. If you enjoyed this program, you can watch past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also download teachers' resources there too um, if you are leading your own Bible study group. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email at lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We look forward to you joining us next time. Remember to become a child of the promise today. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.